The winds of change are blowing, and it's easy to get lost and off track. Hi, I'm Renee Barabow, the practical shaman, Hay House author of Winds of Spirit, a wind whistler, and soul coat. This is a show for pioneers who want to learn to navigate the world with a chaotic spin, awake. Welcome to the Practical Shaman podcast, where we talk about all things shamanic and practical, which gives us a broad range of topics because we can find everyday shamanism in everything we do because everything is energy. And as you find it, like I was talking to somebody yesterday who rides motorcycles and I can't wait to have her spiritual perspective of motorcycle riding coming up here this fall. But today I have a very special guest. Sandra Ingerman, MA, is an award-winning author of 12 books, including Soul Retrieval, Medicine for the Earth, Walking in the Like, and her new book, The Book of Ceremony, Shamanic Wisdom for Invoking the Sacred in Everyday Life. She is a presenter of eight audio programs produced by Sounds True and created the Transmutation app. For 35 years, Sandra has been world-renowned teacher of shamanism, teaching workshops internationally on shamanism and reversing environmental pollution using spiritual methods. She is devoted to teaching people to work together as a global community to manifest positive change. She is passionate about helping people to reconnect with nature. Since the 1980s, thousands of people have been healed from past and present traumas through the classic cross-cultural shamanic healing method Sandra teaches called soul retrieval. She is a licensed marriage and family therapist and professional mental health counselor and a board certified expert on traumatic stress. Welcome, I'm just so honored to have you here today with us. Thanks, Renee. That's a lot of words for uh, a woman who just feels like uh, another human out there just trying to do the best we can. <laughs> I know, sometimes I cut them short, but you, every word of it is important. And I found that when I read your book that I, I just was, was captured by every word in, of it because you just write really, really well. And, you know, you took me right into that living room and that first experience and you had me right there. And so that's probably what's made you such a beautiful teacher for these past years and that you keep going and showing up is, is really an incredible testimony to the, the value of your work and your integrity, which is important to me. Mm, thanks, Renee. So tell us about your new book, The Book of Ceremony, and how, how did all of these other experiences get you to this book? Well, you know, um, I am so passionate about ceremony. I always have been. I don't know what it is. It's, um, it, it's something that's just in my cells. I can't tell you even what got me interested in ceremony. But when I, I got into shamanism um, back in 1980, and I loved the ceremony of shamanic journey. Every practice in shamanism is a ceremony. So for people who do shamanic journeying, it, it is a powerful uh, ceremony. But um, then I started to hear about shamans performing ceremonies to call in uh, harmony um, with nature and to release old hurts and 
all the things that, you know, ceremonies were used for. And there was a woman in the Bay Area at the time who was known for her work in uh, ceremonies. And she called me up and she asked me if I was willing to trade uh, sessions, if I would do some shamanic healing work. Um, and um, I said, yeah, but what I would like to do with you is I would like to learn from you how to perform ceremonies. And she said to me, how to perform ceremonies? She said, I can't teach you how to perform ceremonies. You just set an intention, you collect your materials and you go out and do it. And it was like, I was so scared to perform ceremonies. I thought like if you got words wrong in an invocation, you were cursed, your family was cursed. <laughs> you know, those were more of the stories that I had heard. And so when uh, Leslie gave me this key of freedom to this prison I had put myself in, I went berserk. I started uh, just doing ceremonies. And um, what I noticed uh, was that my life felt richer. And recently I had a, a student who has studied with me since 2013 and she wrote me a beautiful email and she gave me permission to share it. And she said that um, she found herself going through her daily activities, feeling no meaning and no meaning in life. And then she decided to take my advice to bring more ceremony into her life. And she finds that every single ordinary activity that she does uh, now has meaning and it feels really sacred for her. And so she feels like there's this um, whole new dimension of her life. And, and that's the power of ceremony is it brings the sacred into everything we do, whether we celebrate a birthday or, or getting a driver's license or getting married um, or asking for healing help. Um, you know, there's, there's just so much sacredness that we can bring into how we eat and how we cook and, and what we take in and the effect that it has on our body um, just by putting an intention and making it a sacred act uh, changes the effect of what we ingest in our bodies. And so you're talking about setting an intention and is that like a complicated thing or is that something that you just say to the spirit? So, Hey, I'm ready to, I'm going to move into ceremony. Like if you were cooking, how would you make that ceremonial? Well, there's many different layers to, to that question of intention in shamanism and in other spiritual uh, traditions, intention is seen as um, the fuel um, to really bring your work to fruition. And, um, you know, in shamanism, everything is about what is your intention? What are you asking for? Be clear on, on what you're asking for. And some of the scientific evidence shows that when people just focus on an intention, their brain actually translates that as action has already taken place. Mm -hmm. So there's a fuel energetic element to stating an intention. But what I found in my work is that intentions get kind of tricky because 
we don't always know, uh, understand the power of our words and how intentions are magical invocations and what are we bringing into our lives. And so with the example that you gave of cooking, you know, that's a safe uh, place. <laughs> put an intention you're cooking and you think about how much you love yourself and whoever else that you're uh, cooking for and really focusing as you're cooking you know when I cook which I don't do often but when I do I do it with intention every vegetable I chop is with love and gratitude and I used to be a baker back in the 70s and I never made anything that looked good but I put so much love into everything I made I could not keep up with everybody who ordered things for me and trust me it wasn't because it looked like an attractive thing to eat but even then, before I was into shamanism, I understood the ceremony. But so that's pretty simple. And that's a beautiful way to use ceremony is to inspirit our food, to inspirit our lives with gratitude and honor um, for everything that we do. But for big things, if you know how to journey, um, talking to the helping spirits about some of your intentions could uh, bring you a little bit more advice on how to word them. Um, also sitting in nature, uh, doing any kind of meditative act. For me, uh, an incredible meditative act is drinking a cup of tea. I get mm -hmm. I download so much spiritual information. It's amazing how much in my books came from drinking a cup of tea. So those are ways to get into a place of deep listening to be able to find the right words for your intention. Because some people ask, give me, uh, give me experiences to help me grow. <laughs> Make these beautiful uh, power objects and talismans. And I've done things like this. So I'm with all of you who might have made that error. And you put it into the fire and you dance yeah. and you sing <laughs> and you call in all the spirits and you thank them. And then all of a sudden your life is in a shambles because you're going through a classic dismemberment where to grow, you had to burst through the pot that you had become, you know, this beautiful flower pot, you had to move into the next stage of of growth. And so what I find, I don't want to ever make anybody afraid of doing ceremonies. I always say to people, really go for it. But start with simple intentions, you know, of um, asking for some healing help about a specific issue in your life, or performing a ceremony to honor a change in life. You've gotten a new job or a new partner or you'd like to call in a new partner, what are the qualities that you would really like? Um, or you wanna honor the change in seasons or the changing phases of the moon. You know, these are things that, uh, you know, step into ceremonial work and see how it changes your life 
but on those really, really big life intentions, we really have to learn how to use the power of words and to really focus on the vibration that's going up into the universe and what you're manifesting uh, down into form. Because through ceremonial work, we actually create an invisible world of substance that we can uh, then go into the non-ordinary realms and manifest as form. And that's why there's so much healing in ceremonies is people can perform ceremonies and keep going back and forth between the unseen and the ordinary realms to bring healing energies that are needed to flood our collective right now. And you do a lot of that with the community. Is there like, if say somebody wanted to start with a simple ceremony to even get the intention of bringing community together, I mean, would that be a reasonable intention? And of, of how do I gather my community in order to start doing ceremony or is that a big one? I'm no, that, that is actually a perfect intention, but I do wanna say that because I've taught thousands of students how to perform ceremonies, that my students are, uh, they're just going in and performing these amazing ceremonies. For example, I have some uh, friends who, um, after the fires in Santa Rosa, they called their community together and everybody was able to share how they felt about the fire and um, some of the firemen were there and they were able to share. And then they actually led a journey to speak to fire and mm. to say everything that they wanted to say to fire. And then gifts were given that were invoked with the love of the community. Like um, you could put out a bowl of little chocolate hearts or crystals that hold the prayers of your whole community. You know, that's, that's something that people can just go out and do. And one of my favorite ceremonies is, um, and this you can do with people, it doesn't matter their religious beliefs or their political beliefs, it's really a beautiful way to bring people together, is a ceremony of um, where everybody just goes and travels within. You could put on some nice music or do some drumming or some rattling. And you have everybody travel within and experience uh, their inner starlight or mm. inner sunlight or inner flame and just allow that to flow because who we are um, beyond our body and our mind is spirit. And so as we uh, tap into spirit, we are light. That's who we are. And as we allow that to flow and radiate through our community and through the planet, that's a really beautiful way to bring community together is to have them come together and radiate uh, their light to the land that they live on and to each other. Um, it's a beautiful way to bring community together. One thing I'm hearing from you, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that we're not making assumptions about what the fire needed or what the land needed, that we're, we're traveling to, to offer, get its wisdom for us instead of our wisdom onto 
it? Is that, is that correct in ceremony? Yeah, um, there's a, a tendency, and especially in the world that we live in today, um, to want to try and manipulate the environment. You know, we see, um, we see uh, people writing posts on Facebook, you know, can we control the storm coming in? Can we control the fire coming in? And of course, you know, I live on land. I don't want to see it go in the fire and I have to live with the, the threat of fire every day. But we also have to understand that we're in a cycle right now and um, we, there's a lot we have to accept. We don't understand where we're seeing life in such a limited time span. We're, we're not uh, remembering the billions of years that this planet has survived. And so when we just take a slice out, we don't understand where all these changes are carving the earth. And the earth has its own evolutionary um, process. And our global community is so big. When you ask for rain to be stopped in one area, how does that affect um, countries across the world? Um, we don't understand the magnitude of what happens when we try to manipulate forces that are beyond our limited perception and our limited thinking. And what I've been trying to share recently, because this is such an important um, uh, understanding that has come to me, is the Earth, Gaia, is 4.6 billion years old. Mm. The wind was here before there was any life. The prim primordial sea is billions of years old. And then we have fire, fire which came to warm humans and help them survive. But my God, the fire in the sun has always been here and the moon and the stars. And so um, in a time that seems so destabilizing, we're in a really destabilizing time, um, to have these forces and to work with them in partnership when we perform ceremonial work and, and it's just part of ceremonial work to work with elements, to work with fire to release and earth and water and air to release or to ask to help call in some kind of blessings or to honor a change that has happened in our life. Think of that ancient support that we have <laughs> that is right there with us and, and the ancestral traditions of tens of thousands of years that are singing to us encouragement mm -hmm. to do our spiritual work and our ceremonies and giving us the guidance because they have been through these changing times themselves. And if you can just imagine that physically for a moment, what that feels like in your body and how in a time when things seem so destabilizing, the centeredness and solid support you can feel when you show up and you go outside 
and you stand and you say to the wind, bless my life today. And the wind comes through and just gives you a, a little kiss on your cheek. And think about how many billions of years old that being who just kissed your cheek is. We have support around us that we can gather through our ceremonial work that um, helps us to stay strong during the times that we're living in right now. How awesome. You just have such a beautiful way of making really getting to know that really you're like that speck of sand and you know that the wind will come up and really create a a, a bigger movement with it and and so that when we when we're like these little specks of sand going to these big big ceremonial uh crock pots for <laughs> so what is, talk about um children i think because children you know they they really subscribe to ceremony and could be really taught to be broader, bigger, better human beings. How would you recommend people start to work with their children in ceremony? Well, ceremony is great to bring to children because I don't think I have to explain this to anybody. We're in a time where children need to feel that same solid, grounded spiritual strength that I was just talking about when we connect and relate to these ancient forces in nature. And so children, if you tell them the intention of a ceremony, like we're gonna give our pain to the fire tonight, they will design an entire ceremony. They'll tell everybody what to wear. They'll bring um, the decorations. I mean, they're really, uh, they're great. Uh, ceremonial designers and so use your children for this um, with the the ceremony of, of radiating light having a child dance as a star and letting their light flow around the earth um, uh, to all the the beings that the child loves you know they get that they get what it means to be a, a dancing being of light um, doing a little fire ceremony, if they're not afraid of fire, where you take a little stick and you wind some yarn and the child can blow a fear that they have and just put it into the fire and watch how the fire burns it up or creates a little boat out of natural materials and sends it into the water or blows a pain or something they're afraid of or maybe something they want, a wish that they wish the earth would grant them into a stone and place it into the earth or blow bubbles uh, into the wind. One of my students is actually going around the world blowing blessings uh, uh, for the earth into the wind. And you can imagine how much children would get into this. And um, people stop her and ask her what she's doing. And she says, I'm blowing blessings for the planet. And everybody wants to blow some too. So mm -hmm. it's a contagious act. It's contagious for children and it's contagious for the child inside of us and what a gift to give our children right now in a time where they really need some support i love that blowing blessings 
That's a great one. Um, next week, I'm going to be making some prayer flags with some recovering addicts, you know, mm. where they can put in their prayers for um, people who either didn't make it or who are still suffering. And so, you know, that that's a little ceremony that we're going to do. What about if, as we grow up, our wounds get a little deeper and a little more steadfast? Is there a ceremony that you recommend to to release old wounds? Yeah, I um, I, I really um, I'm I'm very big on working with the elements because the elements are right there to help us uh, transform and transmute. And so I think that um, if people know how to journey, um, there are different ways to do this. If you know how to journey, if you actually journey on what is the core uh, belief or blocking attitude, self-sabotaging attitude that is holding you back from using your creativity, because I find that the issues that have the strongest hold on us that loop throughout our lives are the ones that we picked up at a pre-verbal age. Those are the ones that really, um, you know, have that hold on us. And if you can journey to a helping spirit to ask what is a core attitude or belief that I'm holding that's blocking me from using my creativity or stopping me from moving forward into my life. And then working with one of the elements like I just described in uh, working with uh, children. But if you give a pain to an element like a fight, the fire or um, the air or water or to the earth by finding an object to put into it, to please always remember to ask that the energy be transformed to love and light mm. so that we're not just dumping into the elements, but the elements will work with us in partnership. And we just have to make something out of natural materials. Um, something that a student turned me on to that's a beautiful way to work is with a paper called Dissolving Paper. And you can get this from a website called sciencebob.com, sciencebob.com. And Dissolving Paper is a paper that uh, is environmentally safe. It has no toxins when you put it into the earth. It, it uh, composts completely, decomposes completely. Um, but it, it's made in a way that when you put it into a warm bowl of water, it dissolves. Mm. And so to write on your dissolving paper um, something you would like to release, a pain that you would like to release, um, or a blessing that you would like to call in, and then you watch it dissolve and you bring it to the land outside afterwards. And so if you feel like you have a pain um, that is really, it's anchoring you to the past and you just can't move forward, ceremony is perfect for this. That's one of the classic ways that ceremony was performed was to uh, heal those old wounds so people in the community could step forward. Um, it was essential for community life for people to be able to step forward and be present to life now. And so uh, 
it, it doesn't matter if uh, a helping spirit told you the pain or if you just get what feels intuitively right for you. Um, just use your imagination to work with your favorite element. You feel this element is an ally uh, for you and spend some time in nature with it and work on your intention and use your imagination to create uh, an object that you can release that really embodies your pain. Don't make it a representation of your pain. You really need to extract it out of you into this object when you put it um, into a natural force for it to be transmuted and transformed. It's a powerful way to work. It's not always a one-time ceremony. It's something that you have to repeat over time, but it's a beautiful way to work. And um, I've had so many amazing um, experiences with performing such a ceremony over 30 years. I'm sure. And, and I think you said something very important there about that the outcome may not be the first time or what you think the outcome is. And is that that's something important to know about your ceremony is about the outcomes? Yeah, it's, it's really important for all of us to understand the spiritual community right now, because we, we are, um, as we talked about, we, we separate time. And we're not seeing um, this incredible perception of how big time is and how small, uh, limited the time that we have on the planet right now. So as being in service to ourselves, our community and the planet, the service part is to perform our ceremonial work and to understand that the timing is not what we understand as humans because again we're looking through the limited eyes of ego when we're when we're talking about time and outcome and so when you think about how old Gaia is and tens of thousands of years of ancestors who went through the same changes that we did you know, we have to think about that we're in a process. We're in a process mm -hmm. without an end. And so it's not about what we see immediately. It's about are we willing to step fully into the process, knowing that when the time is right, the absolute exact intention will manifest itself into the perfect form for all of us and for the planet but it has to do with divine timing not the timing of the ego yes i just had a major learning about that with the winds of spirit is that you know they waited until now to come but the messages might be here for you know the next hundred years it has nothing to do with other than that i sat down to write it so let's talk about your book it's coming out and probably will be coming out today or I will have this really close to the timing of that. So tell people where can they get your book? Well, uh, it's the Book of Ceremony, Shamanic Wisdom for Invoking the Sacred into Everyday Life. 
And I really love this book. Mm -hmm. um, it, it really uh, came through really well. And I not only give instructions for how to perform ceremonies, I mean, everything. I've been teaching how to perform ceremonies for close to 35 years, so I don't leave out a detail. And then probably the second half of the book is stories about ceremonies that friends and students have performed to really give you um, ideas of how big and or small your ceremonies can be, but how they can be so unique uh, to your own needs. And so the book hopefully will be available um, everywhere. It's published by Sounds True. Sounds True is my family and I love working with them. And um, Amazon, of course, has it. Barnes and Nobles has it. And you can check out my website, sandraingerman.com. And you can order it off of there too. And what I loved about it was that you know, I, I feel like you all those years ago where I do I do this properly or it made it so accessible to think about how to make ceremony part of your everyday life instead of something you do at the end of the week, you know, that everything can become a ceremony and have that that power and, and intention to it and different power and different intention. But it's a wonderful book and I read it from start to finish. So I, I highly recommend it and it's definitely going to be a part of my library forever. Thank you, Renee. <laughs> Thank you. And, and do you want to leave one, one last thought? Is there? Yeah. So, um, wow. Um, ceremony is uh, really the key to ceremony is where you actually step out of your ordinary self and you step into your divine and you create an actual connection with the divine without. And so this incredible line of communication um, gets uh, created as we step out of our humanness and we move into the unseen realms, again, where we can keep bringing back healing energies that all of us need right now, our communities need right now, and the earth needs right now. So I really want to invite you into the joy of doing ceremonial work. It's part of the service that we all need to do at this time in our lives and at this time in the planet. And so ceremonies are serious, they're a sacred act, but they also really stimulate the inner child in us and a joy comes up when we perform ceremonies. And so um, all of our work to be in service doesn't have to always be hard work. It can also be filled with joy. So I invite you into this field of performing ceremonies, and there are tens of thousands of people, uh, millions of people performing ceremonies around the world for the best for all of life right now. Um, please join our circle. Thank you and blessings to all. And thank you, Renee, for the brilliant work that you're doing.
Oh, thank you. I think back to when I was in Peru and the Caro elders would be like having some whiskey and laughing. And I'd be like, and when I didn't know better, I'd be there like, no, this is a ceremony. We're supposed to be serious. And they would be laughing and just, and then still they would, they, they taught me that it didn't have to be so serious. Serious business didn't have to be so stoic, I guess was the, the point. And, and for all you listening at home, this is a Practical Shaman podcast. Please subscribe so you can stay abreast of uh, the great conversations that I have weekly with people. And until next time, we'll be safe and do ceremony. <laughs>